the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Apple Podcasts, podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. Today's going to be a great show. Have you ever visited an older person during the holiday and wondered if they were declining because of age-related medical issues? Well, Candace Slusher, a geriatric LVN since 1995, who has served in home care in almost every long-term care setting, will be talking with me about how to determine if a loved one is declining. And I'll follow up on that with the hidden legal blind spots, and Candace will talk about how to care for someone who is older and who has disabilities during the holidays. Then we'll discuss the MUSIC Music Project, a nonprofit organization focusing on musician volunteerism in our community. Call or text me, uh, call 210-308-8867 or text me at 210-538-4770 or ask a question on talklawradio.com. And uh, if you ask a question about non-medical home care, I'll send you a new book by music pop singer Britney Spears titled The Woman and Me. We're giving this book away because Britney Spears honored her attorney for his legal strategy and for validating her own efforts at ending the conservatorship that controlled her money through her father. So like I said, uh, Candace is with me today, and she started as a geriatric LVN in San Antonio in 1995. Since then, she served home care in almost every other long-term care setting. She was a master-trained facilitator for the stress-busting program for family caregivers, an evidence-based psychosocial support program for family caregivers of persons with dementia, With that program, she counseled family caregivers with ways of redirecting, interacting with, and providing activities of daily living for their loved ones while trying to prevent caregiver burnout. In 2013, she was a co-founder of the MUSIC Music Project, a nonprofit organization focused on musician volunteerism in the community. She assisted the Texas Department of Health and Human Services Quality monitoring program to implement music and memory in San Antonio communities as a way to reduce over-medication of long-term residents with dementia by using music as a behavioral management technique. She's been a volunteer of the Alzheimer's Association for the last 15 years by fundraising and facilitating family and patient support groups. In 2020, she started Slusher Consulting, as a senior care consultant, and in 2023, she became an owner of Compassion Care at Home, a non-medical home care agency. Before we get started talking about capacity, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to follow your will. Please help Candace Slesher and me give good information about capacity 
during the holidays. Help us to use the gifts and talents that you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Candice, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I just introduced your entire work history. (laughs) I can go home now. Would you share a little bit about your background? Like, where did you grow up? Mm -hmm. I actually grew up on a dairy farm in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Oh, okay. The church that was impacted by the mass shooting. That was my family's church home. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. That was... um, yeah, we just never would think anything like that would happen in, in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, let's see, when I was in high school, we moved down to the coast, Palacios or Palacios, if for those of us who are lazy and don't want to say it right. <laughs> uh, my my dad still lives there, and um, but when I graduated high school, I I wanted to be back up here in the area near family, and um, I went to nursing school right out of high school and moved up here in '95. So I've been in nursing since then, um, taking care of only seniors, senior-focused. Um, that's just my preference. Those are, those are my people. How did you decide on that? You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I kind of just stepped into oh, – actually, this happens a lot with me. I, I just step into things backwards. I go, oh, here I am now. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I was, I was raised on the property with my grandmother and spent a lot of time with her, and I had – two sets of great-grandparents and several sets of great-great-aunts and uncles and people that we spent time with. So um, I've just, you know, seniors have always been a big part of my life. They're Mm -hmm. really, I think my grandmother is the one I credit for doing what I do. Um, The perspective that they have and the wisdom that comes with age, which, you know, now that we are not in our 20s and 30s anymore, Mm -hmm. we understand a little bit of, but still just a portion. I mean, how wise am I going to be in another 40 years, right? How exciting is that? Yeah. So um, that's just always been where, I, where I'm comfortable. Okay. Well, that sort of mirrors my story as well. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and I love listening to the stories, not, yeah. not just the wisdom, but what it was like. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you have done a a lot of things, and today we're going to be talking about seniors during the holidays. Um, But I I want to mention again, if you have a question about home care, Candice is the one to ask. So you can call us at the radio station right now live on Saturday, October 28th, 2023 at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. 8867, and I'll send you a book by Britney Spears. Funny story, when my wife was giving labor to our first son, Reagan, um, she was in the bed, and I was standing near her, and on the TV across the room, we were watching the news or something, and it said, today is Britney Spears' birthday. And I thought that was so great that my son and Britney Spears were going to be have the same birthday. And you did, uh, huh? <laughs> my wife did not think it was that funny. Okay, <laughs> she was in in distress. But still, I I have this uh, invisible connection with Britney Spears. <laughs> so if you want her book, give us a call, or you can text me at two ten five three eight four seven seven zero. 210-538-4770. What's the first thing or what's the, the most common thing that you can remember about uh, some of the issues that happen with older people or people with disabilities during the holidays? Well, the, the, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when it's the holidays is, is depression, a lot of our seniors have lost some have lost a lot of people mm-hmm. they loved. I remember at some point my grandmother just crying and crying after her best friend died. It was like two weeks she spent in bed, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ma, what's going on with you? And she just said, we just get to a point when everybody we knew is gone. And yeah. it's, it's hard to come. It, it, it Sometimes it's just hard to keep going when people you love are not around. So that is one of the first things you'd want to look for is maybe signs of depression or isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, those things can even cause short-term dementia symptoms that need to be looked at. 
Okay. Um, because if somebody is depressed, they may not be eating as much. They may not be drinking water or, you know, their electrolytes can become imbalanced very quickly. And those also cause temporary type dementia symptoms that could be addressed. So cognitively and emotionally, where are your senior loved ones? That's, I think, the first very, very first thing to look at. Yeah. Something that I always noticed was, uh, well, people that call my office will say, I was visiting my mom and Mm -hmm. I noticed this and and I'm worried about uh, whether she's going to be able to make her decisions or I'd like to start trying to help make some of those financial and and medical decisions. So we'll talk about more of that, what happens during a holiday visit when we return from this short break. Stay tuned. all business owners and industry leaders seeking to elevate your brand and align with a highly targeted audience. Talk Law Radio invites you to partner with us in bringing in-depth interviews with expert guests, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice on a variety of matters to the listening audience. Let us get your business name out into the community. Log on to TalkLawRadio.com to find out how you can become a sponsor. That's TalkLawRadio.com. 930 AM. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Mark. We're here with Candace Slusher with uh, Slusher Consulting. Uh, we were talking about things that uh, to notice during the holidays with your loved ones who may be older or may be suffering from disabilities. Uh, but first, I wanted to ask you about Slusher Consulting. Tell us about that. Okay, so now the first thing I say about that is, you know, when it comes to good branding, you want to say what you do. Mm -hmm. And my business does not say what I do. (laughs) But then I thought, I'm going to put a positive spin on that. I could switch and just start consulting on absolutely anything, and it wouldn't really matter, I guess. But what I really consult on is senior care and home care agencies. Um, This is just kind of the realm I've been in about the last 20 years now, and uh, or maybe – 20, well, I guess my whole career in, in some capacity. Um, so the majority of what I do is helping agencies who serve our seniors in their mm-hmm. community, primarily in Texas, but a little bit nationally. And um, whether that's with starting a new agency or their current, you know, existing businesses that need help with compliance or operations or things are just falling apart or, you know, maybe they've had a change in leadership and need some help. Um, but I also still consult with families when they call me. So um, I do a little brief consultation, and it's not my bread and butter, but it is my mission and my ministry, and it feels well, good to me. tell us w- what is home care. How would you define that? So home care is different than home health. In, in Texas, the language is, is very specific. So with home health would be where a nurse comes out, a physical therapist, maybe a social worker, and that's temporary, and it's paid by your medical insurance. With home care, it is non-medical. So you would get usually an unlicensed caregiver, sometimes a certified nurse aide, to help with the daily things. I kind of say we pick up where home health leaves off because, you know, while the home health can just make visits, we can stay for up to 24 hours a day if needed to Mm -hmm. help with little things or big things, whether it's, you know, taking somebody to the doctor or making sure they have clean sheets on their beds and their their food is prepared so they don't have to just eat frozen or canned foods because they're not able to withstand cooking anymore. Mm-hmm. Companionship, company, that, that isolation and depression type stuff I mentioned. Um, or just assistance with your activities of daily living, which they call ADLs. Right. Like you just need – maybe you only do a sponge bath because you don't feel safe in the shower, so let's get you in a shower. And mm-hmm. like everybody's skin needs a good soaking now and again, you yeah. know. Um, all the way to up to bed-bound care and end-of-life care that we can support. So it's a very wide range of services with unlicensed personnel. That's typically paid for um, either private pay or through Medicaid or a managed care organization. Or um, long-term care insurance does cover this. Most long-term care insurance now have a – policies have a home care writer. Um it sometimes is less than what it would pay for a facility care, but still has a writer that would pay for some services. 
And then now there's some Medicare Advantage plans that are covering a temporary home care type of service as a post-hospitalization benefit to allow them to transition back to home safer mm-hmm. um, to reduce those rehospitalizations. That's newer since 2019, and that that's really ramping up since COVID. Okay. And the government really kind of paid attention. Okay, home care is very, very important yeah. for these people who can't get out. And so let, let's say we have identified that our loved one needs some type of additional help at home. Uh, what's it like during the holidays uh, f- for you in in your working years and for your staff uh to be with somebody during the holidays, do they try and and celebrate some somehow with them? Absolutely. I mean, certainly we, we want to honor that person's traditions. You know, do they always decorate? But you can't. You're not physically capable. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to help you. You may not get on a ladder <laughs> to put up the lights, right. but we can certainly help you decorate your tree and make all your old family recipes and let's bake those cookies and do what you would normally do. You know, the big idea is to try to help your help our clients live as normal of a life as possible, regardless of their medical or physical situation, you know. Um, but then also celebrating when families come around. And maybe we aren't needed all the time when families are there, but we would still come in the morning and help them get up and get dressed so that they can just have that meaningful day with their family. Oh, okay. And then we can go home and spend our meaningful day with our families, right. too. Um yeah, so there are a lot more visitors around, but that doesn't, you know, eliminate the need for extra support oftentimes because if the families come in and there's no one there and the client still needs help or, you know, the person needs assistance, right. well, then, you know, the family walks in working mm-hmm. as opposed to just being the daughter or the granddaughter. Now right. you also have to be the caregiver. So when you have that extra support, it's it's a big help in dynamic. It, it it's, um, allows the family to just be family for a right. little longer. Yeah, yeah. What are some other signs besides depression that somebody might notice when they're they're visiting from out of town? Well, um, some of the more obvious things might be weight loss or even weight gain. You know, again, when a, when a senior is not just not willing to cook anymore, not even not always able, but mm-hmm. they're just like, I don't care anymore. I don't want to cook anymore. Um, then they may just eat frozen foods, which are high in. High in or salt. fast food. Yeah. Even the, quote, healthy choice stuff has so much sodium in it that if you oh, have any kind of that. blood pressure issues, yeah, just because it has a green label and it says the word healthy doesn't really mm-hmm. mean anything. Um, so the more fresh prepared foods they can eat, the better. And a lot of times that's one of the first things you'll see is a difference in their physical physique. Maybe they've lost weight or gained because okay. of what they're eating or not eating. Yeah. Um, and the kinds of food that are in the refrigerator, but also are they, is there old food? Are they eating things that should have been thrown out? How mm-hmm. much of the refrigerator is expired? Those are all things to look at. Um, you're going to want to look at skin. Are they? Is their skin particularly dry? Are their lips dry? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're not getting enough hydration. And then, of course, you know, also looking at bathing for that. Um, you know, dehydration can rear its ugly head in lots of different ways, of common ways. UTIs or urinary oh, tract okay. infections that might come up. And those can also cause behavioral problems because right. an infection in somebody over 65 is a whole different ballgame than it would be for you it or I. It makes them forgetful and, and Forgetful, falls, mm-hmm. behaviors, anger, you know, emotional outbursts sometimes happen. It's, it's, it's tragic what that can do to a senior's body. Um, and then hygiene, body odor, the cleanliness of their clothes, who is changing their sheets? Can are they physically capable of that? Yeah. How often might it happen? You know, what's going on with that mobility? Is their gait any different? Are they shuffling when maybe they weren't before, last time you saw them? Um, are they able to get out of their chair or their bed or off the toilet mm-hmm. without help? Do they just need some grab bars and a walker? Maybe they just need a little bit of equipment. Um, and then maybe things like general cleanliness of the house. Is it different than what it always has been? Mom used to keep a pretty neat house, mm-hmm. and now things are in disarray. Um, look at the pill bottles. Look at the dates on the pill bottles. If this That's pill bottle is, only, is a 90-day uh, prescription and it's still half full from three months ago, they're not taking them. Well, my mom was a prepper. She mm. had to keep every pill that she ever got. <laughs> right. Thinking she's, you never know when the pharmacy's going to shut right, down and you're right. going to need it. Um, but not taking medications is also a big cause of you know, just mm-hmm. exacerbations of, of disease processes that might already be there. High blood pressure, no big deal. High blood pressure untreated 
can be a big deal. Right. I mean, long-term uncontrolled high blood pressure can have the same effects as a stroke as far as dementia and cognitive you know, issues go. Um, and then, you know, look at their skin. Are there, are there bruises or skin tears? Are they falling? Those commonly are unreported, especially at the beginning, until the senior gets to the point that they just can't get themselves up. Mm-hmm. They may have fallen a dozen times before anybody knows. Right. Um, and then looking at safety concerns like lighting and clutter and rugs on the floor and things like that. Um, and then just forgetfulness. You, you want to spend some time with your loved ones having real conversations. Yeah. Not just the chit-chat on the phone, right? We hear this all the time that a, a, a spousal caregiver will take their loved one to the doctor and say, there's there's some forgetfulness, there's some dementia, and the doctor's like, I don't see it. Because in that 15 minutes, they can keep right. up social niceties. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to conceal that in a chit-chat type of conversation. Right. But if you haven't seen your loved one, you need to spend some time talking to them, and you'll be able to see that they can't recall events or dates or they're confused about oh, I thought you were coming next week or, you know, little things right. like that. They add up. Or sometimes you'll see notes that they write, little stickies to themselves all over the house to try to remind themselves because mm-hmm. they're, they've already noticed and they're compensating. And so that's when it's time, you know, somebody needs to step in and say, let's just get this checked out with the doctor, dad. You know, let's yeah. look. Um, and then also, lastly, I, I think – if they have a car and they still drive, you're going to want to check that car for dings and scratches. Oh, yeah. Is the inspection being done? Are they capable of the maintenance that needs to be done on that vehicle? And when those things start to, you know, again, just little tiny hints. So one little hint in each of these areas, that means your loved one needs help. Yeah. I, I remember I was looking at my mom's bank statements and I saw this deposit from Allstate. And I said, what's this? And she said, oh, I got in an accident. Mm. <laughs> she didn't tell, want you to tell me. anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that leads a lawyer like me to to worry about all the bad stuff that could be happening, not just, not just the neglect of self, but criminals coming into their lives and trying to take advantage of them. Uh, there was a... A client I had, I I did her estate plan and and her husband's probate. Um, Probably years later, her financial advisor called me and said, "Um, I think something's going on with Mrs. So-and-so because I noticed that she kept calling to ask for her stocks to be liquidated because she was fixing her house. And he said, so I went out there to find out if it was, like, falling down, and it wasn't. And so then we got her son on the conference call because he didn't know. They weren't estranged, but he lived clear across country and said, you might want to come down and and start helping mom. And they filed uh, police reports, and they they did catch the, the contractor crooks. But it just goes to show you that you really do have to watch out for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are, they can be vulnerable and, and they're embarrassed. It's, it's shameful to feel mm-hmm. like they were taken advantage of when 10 years ago that wouldn't have happened. They would have caught that before. And it they happened. don't really know that it's coming or happening when it's happening. Right. And people who, you know, scammers are creative mm-hmm. and they're sharp and they're using all sorts of, tools that didn't even exist 20 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? So we don't even know what to look for always until it starts happening. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be scary. So you will find those seniors who trust no one because yeah. they've watched the news enough. Right. But then there are people who, you know, when you get to a certain age, you you become vulnerable. You need more help in certain areas. And so you want to trust somebody and think that you can make that decision for yourself. And ideally you can, but that doesn't mean, I mean, you don't have to be impaired in any way to be fooled right. to be lied to right that's right true. that's a, any I, that happens to me it could happen to you it doesn't mm-hmm. matter yeah you know the one that i can i can warn people about right now is if somebody calls you and says that your grandchild is in jail in a foreign country the very best first thing you should do is call that grandchild and see if they pick up the phone because they probably will you know, that's a big uh, popular scam. Um, another one is uh, the Jamaican lottery. You know, just it's not happening. You know, 
don't play a, the lottery in a foreign country. Well, and it can be it, it can even be little littler things. Like I once had a client who was referred by Adult Protective Services because he just got into some sort of phone scam where somebody would call him and talk to him and just be real nice to him. He was lonely, mm-hmm. and they would have to hang up and ask him to call back. And ten thousand dollars later in phone bills. His sister oh, wow. calls Adult Protective Services, and he had to have somebody there just to – that was it. That's all right, there was to right. to call him back. And then he would call back, and they'd say, oh, well, hold on. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come right back. Just put the phone down. He'd put it down and forget about it and go on about his day and leave the phone on for 24-7. Oh, my gosh. And $10,000 in phone bills. That's yeah. crazy. It, it's it's – <laughs> Well, we got to take another break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about what it's like during the holidays. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquart here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. During the break, I did get a question from a listener, David, who had questions about end-of-life planning, uh, about funeral planning, uh, paying for death taxes, etc. David, I will email you uh, some information on that. but I would say that I, I recommend that uh, older people, even though age uh, 64 or 65 isn't really that old anymore, uh, that you would uh, pair up with somebody that you trust in life to think through some of those complicated decisions. Um, you can always talk to an attorney about that, but I think the conversation starts at home. But this is the third segment, and it's our Sinners and Saints segment. So the saint this week is uh, Britney Spears' attorney. Let's see if I can remember his name. Um, anyway, she wrote a book called The Woman in Me where she talked about how she thanked her attorney for doing such a good job to get her out of the conservatorship, uh, which is like a guardianship that uh, her father was controlling. And uh, she just made him her hero for doing that. And so uh, if I find her his name, I'll, I'll give him a shout-out, but I don't see it. Um, the, saint, the sinner is somebody who let their dogs out and caused an, an older man to be uh, injured and who eventually died of his injuries. Um, so if you have dogs, you have to make sure that they stay inside the fence. And um, if you have a dangerous dog that does something like that, you can be arrested and they're facing jail time. Uh, so don't do that. Um, but anyway, we want to get back to if you're visiting a family member during the holidays and, and you're the one that's from out of town, mm-hmm. you just need to realize that uh, your perspective on how mom or dad is doing is might be different than the other relatives who maybe live locally. Right. Tell but, us what's your experience in that. Um, certainly, yeah. The, the people who are boots on the ground see things one way, and the people who visit on occasion don't see that. <laughs> they see something completely different. Um, visiting family members may tend to have a different perspective on on how care is being done or may even be of the opinion things could be done more effectively or just not enough is being done. Right, you know? which could cause some conflict if you say things like that. Certainly there's going to be contention among the family. And, and to be fair, sometimes this is valid and the local family member is overwhelmed or ill-equipped mm-hmm. um, or just doesn't have the resources of time to, to provide the help themselves or the money to pay for help you know, so that they can continue working. It just right. everybody's situation is a little different, right. whether it's an adult child or even a spouse. 
you know, and the kids come back and say, mom, dad doesn't, you know, you're not doing a good enough job for dad. I've seen that. Oh my goodness. That's what a heartbreak, you Mm -hmm. know, that's, she's dedicated her life to that. Right. So that, those are tough conversations to have and they need to be had gently, really. Um, You know, the way I think about it is when you have a growing child, you don't really notice how tall they're getting, you know, because you see them every day. When uncle's so-and-so comes from out of town, he says, oh, how you've grown. Right. It's, it's sort point. of the same perspective uh, with with an older person. Like a frog or, in a pot of water boiling slowly right, kind of exactly. thing. Tell me if you've seen this, Todd, because you've been in the industry as long as I have, seems like, mm-hmm. almost. And... I have, and this this does not fail for me. It's, it's anecdotal, but when I see a couple who's been together fifty years, you know, same marriage, first marriage, not second marriages. This doesn't apply with yeah. on the second marriage. When they've been together forever, you'll oftentimes see one of the couple have a d- deteriorating body with a strong mind, and the other having a deteriorating mind with a strong body. Oh no, I I haven't noticed that, but I'll I'll try and look out for that. I have never seen this pattern fail in my career. If they've if it's the same couple and they've been together forever, it's like they they come together as one and sort of compensate for each other. And even mm-hmm. though they have deficits, they still make up one very effective yeah, and high functioning human being. I do being. remember um, some stories about that. Isn't that neat? But I I never really saw it enough to see it as a pattern. Yeah. I mean, when I have heard of, of couples who both have dementia, it's always a second marriage. It's never the first marriage. I've yeah, never seen well, it I, once. I was fascinating. Always telling my wife that we were going to have matching scooters, you know, to <laughs> run around in. Sure. Yeah, but but she may not need a scooter. She may not need a scooter, <laughs> but but you might need to hold her hand while you're on the scooter mm-hmm. so that she doesn't wander off. That's you just don't right. know, right? That's right. My husband and I kind of ping back and forth on <laughs> who's going to be demented and who's going to be crippled. We'll well, my, my wife says that uh, she plays words with friends to ward off the Alzheimer's. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah, keeps your vocabulary high. I mean, the thing is, sometimes an outsider's point of view is it just – they just don't really understand what's really going on because they've not walked a mile in that caregiver's mm-hmm. shoes. And so, you know, being a caregiver for an adult is a taxing undertaking. And that's why there's so many statistics about caregivers, you know, adult family caregivers getting sick prior right. even or dying before the person that they're taking yeah. care of. Something like over 60%. Um, of, of spouses over 65 will get sick and die before the person they're taking care mm-hmm. of. That's that's common. Um, and it's a little higher even when there's dementia. So also that kind, kind of breed elder abuse and neglect, you know, when a, a family member is providing all the care for somebody Stressed and they don't out. feel like they're getting help. Yeah. And at some point, you know, your body takes over and it's like it's going to be them or me and I'm going to have to take care of myself and then the other person doesn't get what they need. So – what I really want to say, what the fam- that local caregiver needs it's is not help. advice or critique. Yeah. They, you know, keep that to yourself, honestly, a little bit, but they need support. So they need your time or your money. That's what they need. Yeah. They need you to come into town once a week, you know, for a whole week, every couple of months to give them a respite. Or more often, if you can, if that's not feasible, then maybe you or other family members can gather money together to either pay a private uh, you know, an agency to have mm-hmm. a caregiver come in and help them on a regular daily bas- basis so that that caregiver load is less, or maybe even pay for respite care in a facility for one week a month or something to give that person a break because it is just daunting. And when you just see it in snippets, you don't really understand. If you want to understand, you have to spend time without somebody else who's True. doing the work. Yeah. And that's when you'll see families' eyes really open oh, wow, my sister went on vacation and I came and stayed with dad. Holy moly, we mm-hmm, have to do more. Mm-hmm. And sister's just been compensating all this time, yeah. you know, just doing her best. And it's okay that her best isn't necessarily enough, but now you know. And right. you don't know till you know. And mm-hmm. I would recommend that both parties really try and just listen and not talk. Yeah. Because I've, I've been a part of, I've represented uh, – siblings that are in rivalry against each other because they have different opinions, but they refuse to try and understand the other person's perspective. Exactly. And it's not 
not always necessary. Now, sometimes you you do have a bad seed that's doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. But uh, it's best to try and hear them out to see if that's true. Absolutely. I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, if you've stepped up to take care of our loved one, I want to respect you and honor you for that and thank you for that. But then offer help, not mm-hmm. not critique. That's right. not actually helpful. And help may be coming into town or it may be just coming up with an agreement that you will hire some outside help. Right. Have you seen um, family relationships saved through your help? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me about that. Well, situations, and it's usually, it, you know, it's almost always siblings, right? Mm-hmm. And one person lives here and is in charge of taking dad to all the doctor's appointments. And, you know, they're the ones who notice that he's not taking out his trash. He's not taking a bath, but dad won't take a bath for me. But, but you're not working. You don't have anything else to do. That's not actually true. I, I have a family to take care of. Right. I still have kids in school. Yeah. And you have the luxury of you know, running your own life over there without somebody needing you all the time. And then there's another dynamic. And I'm a caregiver, my husband and I, for my mother-in-law. And so, you know, she doesn't want to be a burden. She doesn't want to need things from us, but she does. Mm -hmm. And just when we think everything is solid, something goes wrong and, you know, it is constant. It's never ending. And you don't necessarily have the upper hand like you do with your kids. That's right. Right? I mean, raising children is also constant. you That's a big commitment. But you're the boss. Right. You're not the boss of your mom. That's right. Or your dad. And that is a completely different dynamic. So having to balance respecting their wishes and giving them their dignity along with meeting their needs when they want to argue with you because they're embarrassed about what's changed. Oh, my gosh. It, there's so many dynamics I've, there. I've seen families go through that painful process, yeah. and I tell them, Uh, Your mom's not the same. She's not like she used to be. And if you want to do the right thing, you're going to have to do something that she doesn't want. And you know what really works with families that are contentious is I tell every family member when they're complaining to me separately about the same Mm -hmm. thing, right, about each other. What I need you to do is make this only about your mom's care or only about your dad's care, not about what you think about your brother's opinion. What does that have to do with your dad's care? Always come back to the mission. The focus is on his safety and quality of life. I love it. Does we, that other thing matter? No. we got to take a break. We'll okay. be right back. Discover the fascinating world of the law with Talk Law Radio. Listen to 9.30 a.m. The Answer every Saturday morning at 11 for insightful discussions and expert analysis. Then, don't miss out on a thrilling bonus segment every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. When Talk Law Radio's attorney, Todd Marquardt, offers his professional perspective on trending legal issues. Stay informed and engaged with the legal matters that shape our nation. Join Talk Law Radio for an enriching radio experience on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And for more info, go to TalkLawRadio.com. 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. Haven't been given much information about the law today because we've been talking so much about how to identify if your family member is losing capacity during the holidays um, but you can go to TalkLawRadio.com or YouTube and search for previous episodes. I, I talk about elder abuse and capacity uh, quite frequently. Um, I'll just mention before we talk about legacy that you do have a duty, an affirmative duty, to report abuse or neglect. And you can search for um, Adult Protective Services online to find the number or fill out the online form to do that. Uh, But since this is the fourth segment, it's our legacy segment. And now, it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Candice, this is the legacy segment because Marquardt Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. And so we'd like to ask you about your legacy and that you 
tell us something that you inherited or that you plan to leave to your loved ones, or maybe you've received uh, something more valuable like life lessons. Ooh, life lessons. That's probably a favorite. Um, I lost my mom recently. I'm and it sorry. was it was unexpected, so that was a big shock to the family. She's kind of a statistic. She was a caregiver for my dad and oh. and my sister's kids a lot. So, um, but I'm sure that that's what she wanted. to that's do. That's what she wanted to that do. Was it was her, her purpose in life, right. and she was she was ready. She was prepared. She didn't, you know, dying's just part of living for us. You know, yeah. to take care of ourselves, and she was a very strong faith, and so. Um, there was no concern about anything like that other than we just really miss her and wish right. she was with us. But when we talk about what she left us and what her mother left us, because her mother was such, you know, my grandmother, Ma, that I talk about. Um, it's it's especially for the women in our family, there's an incredible strength that um, I don't have a daughter, um, but I hope to pass on to my nieces and um Maybe my grandchildren someday, you know, uh, how do I say this? We just, we have so much inherent value as, as women. I probably don't need to just dig into that a whole lot. Well, but maybe you should write it down. I, I do need to write it down actually now that, now that we're bringing that up. So mm-hmm. that's, that'll be another segment. But I think what I, what I've got recipes, Honestly, mm-hmm. there's, I have lots of family recipes that I make every Christmas. Even if I don't eat them, I make them and give them as gifts. And that is yeah. something we share in all of our family is, hey, be sure and send me that Mama Ted's tea cake recipe mm-hmm. and Granny Jessie's molasses cookies recipe. And my mother made the best pies in all of Texas. And so, um, you know, as long as we can carry those things on and pass those on to our children and grandchildren, that that's a big part of it is, you know, we literally will have conversations about and when we ate these cookies at this you know, oh, situation, yeah. I mean, they were just such a big part of our life. So there's those few things. But then also, you know, my mother would say things like, when you're in turmoil, just be still. And we talk about that as a family. Mm-hmm. My nephew got a tattoo of that on his wrist. Oh, wow. Because Granny would be there to say, just be still. Yeah. And, of course, what she means is be still and know that I'm God. Right. Just be still and let the answers come to you. So that's that's beautiful. Kindness of all other things. I mean, help others when you can. Always. Always help others when you can. It's it's so nice that you had those family mantras. Yeah. Keep everybody together. The family mission. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Love them through it. That was another thing my mom would always say. Just love them through it. They're going through a hard time. All my, you can give them is love. My mom would them. say, this too shall pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it usually does. Right. Yeah. You mentioned uh, your collection. Tell us about that. My, my husband and I have quite a collection of um, movie and music memorabilia, um, posters and and cards. And um, we have a couple of signs. Like we have a JFK signed script by all the cast. Okay. And that's one of my favorite pieces, actually. Um, I have an Audrey Hepburn that I just love. Uh, you know, autographed mm-hmm. photos and, and things. And so that is something that my son is aware when we get older, he's going to get, he's going to get to deal with that. And hopefully that'll be sell it for lots of money. Cause yeah. <laughs> you know, we put a lot of money into it, but as these people pass on, those kinds of things go up in value. And so wow. um, that's our, our, probably our biggest financial legacy at this point to mm-hmm. him, um, you know, aside from whatever else. We well, the collection has more value than just the monetary value. Well, that's true. It does. And we enjoy, you know, we have it up in our game room and we enjoy spending time in there and looking around and we're big movie and pop culture buffs. So we, mm-hmm. we enjoy that. It is part of our life. We, I always say we speak cinema a little bit in our home. Right. So, you know, we kind of have conversations and movie quotes sometimes right. and that, that that's part of our, of our lifestyle. And my son has picked that up and hopefully we'll also carry that on. Yeah. My kids grew up during the time of the office, so we talk in terms of office yeah. lingo. <laughs> um, but my mom's dad had a stamp collection, oh, wow. and he died when he was 60 of pancreatic cancer. So nobody really got to talk to him about that, oh. um, but but I have those the, that collection, and I'm sure that I could sell it to somebody for something but 
I just, I, it's like he's there. Right. It's his. Right. Yeah. He's he's there with me, even though he died when I was a little kid. Um, another thing is my dad collected books and tapes. So he would learn while he was driving because he, he was an eye doctor and he had a practice in our hometown, and then he had a practice in another town that was about 45 minutes away. And so he said, all of this shall be yours someday. <laughs> tapes. So do you do you have a way to listen to those tapes? Not right now, but I'm sure I'll find something. Uh, a CPA friend of mine uh, was bragging about a, a little cassette player, a Walkman, mm-hmm. that he found at a yard sale the other day. I do have a little boombox that still has a cassette tape player mm-hmm. in it that does work. Although we've found some ways to make art out of some of our old cassette tapes. We have a lamp that we made from some Pinterest. Oh, really? Yeah, my husband found this thing on Pinterest, and we spent like three days making a lamp out of all of our cassette tapes. It's pretty cool. Looking. I bet. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a few legacy pieces that my grandmother, that were hers, um, things that she loved that I was able to obtain, that I love, that I will pass on you know the further the generations go when you don't know that person when there's no personal connection it's harder to attach to those things that's right that maybe that has value for me and nobody else and that's okay but if you write it down you could start telling the stories Um, my mom started to do that Um, she had this uh, little toy cat that was my mamma's her her mother uh, when she was just a little girl, so it it doesn't look like what a toy cat would look like these days. Uh, but she told us about it because, or else that would have been lost. We right. would have been like, "This is a piece of junk." Right. <laughs> but now we know that it's a family heirloom. Afghans. I have like four Afghans that my grandmother, my dad's mother, and she died when I was nine of mm-hmm. metastatic breast cancer, and. I, they're they're hideous. Some of them, you know, the colors they chose right. in the seventies were a little off for me. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. They're warm and they last. And if I need them, I've yeah. always got those extra blankets. And I have some quilts that my great grandmother made by hand, and I just love those. Uh, you know, they're they're soft, but you can't really use them because they'll tear because they're right. just so right. old. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love things like that. We have a, a very strong history of quilts uh, from both my wife's. Uh, grandparents and and mine yeah so we have lots of quilts i mean we also have a cd collection that are also now kind of outdated and Mm -hmm. hard to use you know who has a cd player even in in new cars you can't play a cd we probably have three thousand or more cds what do we do with them you know that's not so my son's like can i just put them all on streaming so i don't have to Mm -hmm. deal with these and throw them out Whatever you got to do, kid. I don't care. Yeah. You know. But we did pass on our love of music. I mean, I love music from the, you know, the crooners from the 50s, the 60s on 6 on Sirius XM is, oh, my, we, is what's on my radio all the time. I we, love that stuff because my dad was a Conope fan. We need to talk about M-U-S-I-C. Oh, Music Project, yeah. Tell us about that. So Music Project came about because my husband and I were becoming empty nesters, and so we thought, well, let's just create another job that's thankless with no pay. <laughs> so we created a nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband is in, in music promotion, and we've done house concerts and things. And um, so we decided to create this idea where local musicians could volunteer in helping the elderly, the infirm, and underprivileged children. And so that started in 2013, and we um, – we did stuff with the pre-K, pre-K for SA for, with all those campuses. Well, to, tell us the science behind it. Okay, the science behind the music and memory part. Yeah. Okay, so we connected with music and memory. And the science behind that is that beloved music that we know and listened to and sang in our formative years, right, starting about 9 or 10 when we started to have our own music taste until mm-hmm. about 25 or when your frontal brain, you know, frontal lobe is fully formed. Yeah. The songs during those times for us, we will never forget. And so you see there's lots of examples. Um, If you've never seen Alive Inside, go to YouTube and look up uh, Alive Inside Henry video. It's about six minutes. It is a perfect example um, of 
what happens to the brain and the mind when it is trapped by something like Alzheimer's or a different type of dementia. But when that recognizable music that is stored, mm-hmm. the memory attached to that music is stored in the frontal temporal lobe. And to see someone who's been formerly trapped inside their mind to just open wide up and become themselves again because of a piece of music that they loved. We were able to help, um, you know, the the quality monitoring program through HHS to facilitate mm-hmm. music and memory in the local nursing facilities as part of a bigger project because Texas was 49th in the worst offenders for over-medicating our dementia residents oh. in nursing homes. And within four years of using that program, music and memory, as well as the virtual dementia tour and giving people other types of perspectives and options other than just pharmacological medication mm-hmm. for dealing with behaviors, we went we dropped down to 24th. In, oh, wow. in four years. And so that was tremendous. I need um, to add that to my medical power of attorney. Yes, you do. Make your playlist that now. I want to listen to when I'm demented. Yes, you do. Make your playlist <laughs> now. I tell that to everybody. Go back to the music you loved when you were a kid. Because again, those CDs and the tapes and the records that you played before, now vinyl's coming back. But mm-hmm. it's hard. It, you know, your kids aren't going to be able to access those if they don't know what you loved. Yeah. You know, so you need to line that out, okay. make sure they understand. Yeah, that's um, that's, a great that's point. important because uh, you know I have music on all the time for me. So when I'm when I need help because I'm I'm mm-hmm. betting that I'm mm-hmm. going to be the one of the two of us with dementia. I want to I want my music playing and just because I don't have the capacity to go turn the radio on anymore doesn't mean I don't need that. That's going to be my legacy. Okay. I want my music on. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was fun. That's it for today. Talk to you later. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.